0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: We welcome aboard Swinging Both Ways, our cricketing segment on the Saturday session in association with PGG Rights and Turf Key Suppliers to New Zealand Cricket Grounds. Jacob Oram, absolutely star all rounder in his uh, day now, uh, a star behind a microphone, whether he's covering uh, the, uh, the test circuit via New Zealand Radio, or alongside me uh, and with the Talksport uh, crew out of the UK. Uh, Jacob Oram, kind enough to answer the phone on a Saturday to reflect upon what he witnessed in the Test Series, finishing off with that extraordinary conclusion at the Basin Reserve. Jacob, have you come down from that exhilarating finish? Welcome to the show.
0: Thanks, Stephen. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, I I have come down, although I think it hit me probably not for a couple of hours afterwards. I mean, I haven't done, obviously, as much commentary as yourself. And um, I sort of, being there, like, covering it as a, you know, as a job for that Test match, it, it sort of, it took me away from being a fan, if you know what I mean. I was still in it. I was still wrapped up in the drama of it all. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think it hit me till I was, I, I drove home after the game, um, Wellington, just up to the one or two, And I was taking a few calls from mates and talking about it. And then it sort of hit me. And, you know, alerts are popping up on my phone about, You know, the second time ever, a one-run test win, and the New Zealand fight back, and made to follow and all this stuff, and suddenly all the narratives came together. I was like, man, that was actually history, and I was there to cover it, and I think that it hit me that that was something special. So, unbelievable test, and and fantastic to be a a small part of um, with with you in the commentary box.
1: Uh, Jake, you're not alone, and I... (laughs) Even having done it a number of years, Neil Manthorpe has done it for 30 years and has commentated at 84 games, 84 test match venues around the world. Um, he, he just called it heart-stopping and arguably one of the, the finest things he's ever witnessed. I, I, like you, it took me a while to sink in. I, the, the phone went off from, you know, many a station around SCNZ and SCN, spoke to those people. And then I had to go out and actually stand on the middle of the Basin Reserve to actually think, did this really happen? Because it was just... Fr- Frighteningly strange, wasn't it? You know, one test in the 2,400 2400 prior had been a one-run result. I think only three of the 2,400-plus test matches had had involved a side following on. Um, I'm not good at probabilities, but, you know, do the maths. I think that's like a one-in-two-million occasion that we witnessed. Truly extraordinary.
0: Very extraordinary, yeah, and I think just those stats speak for themselves. Yeah, just short of two and a half thousand test matches played, your yeah, fourth time ever a, a side's followed on and, and won, and then obviously just the second ever one run test win. And, and you just think back to like little moments that could have swung it either way. Um, you know, I remember cursing when Kane Williamson got out to Harry Brook on the fourth day, caught down the leg side, and you know, I sort of think to myself, you know, the, not fair, New Zealand's fighting their way back, they're getting into some sort of position of strength Kane, I mean that innings by Kane was unbelievable, so calm and collected under pressure, to be strangled down the leg side is not cool, but then look what happened for the last wicket, strangled down the leg side, James Anderson, so it's funny how mother cricket works and it swings in roundabouts um, (laughs) just an an amazing test match, Um, but considering where New Zealand was, what, day two day three, truly unbelievable that they came back to win that
1: I think if we press any cricketing fan, Jacob, we think the game's over when a side's following on, even though, you know, you send the opposition back in, you know, there's that, or maybe they have left the door ajar. But as far as when you finally felt New Zealand might have a chance, when was it? When was it? You know, when, when did you go down that dumb and dumb and random? Um, You're telling me there's a chance.
0: Well, I thought probably probably towards the end of day four, um, just before the, they lost four wickets for five runs, was it? Um, and then England came out and smashed just short of 50 inside 10 overs. Like, but so may, maybe around about T, T on that fourth day and, and New Zealand must have been you know, 230, something like that ahead. And I thought they've got a real chance here um, to, to at least post something that will challenge England. England was still in the box seat. The wicket still was good, um, you know, in the way England has been playing. Let's be honest, the last 12 months, they've been the best test side in the world. And not just from wins and losses, but from the way they play. It's quite intimidating. Um, so I, I still th- felt England were in the box seat, but New Zealand we, were going to give them a bit of challenge. Then when we fell away, then they had to the start to their second innings. I thought, oh, well, OK, I'm giving us a 20% chance. At 80 for five, you know what, before drinks on that, first, on that last morning, suddenly I reckon it was 50-50, and then it swung back to England with Root and Stokes partnership, and then it swung back to us. So you know, just a roller coaster on that last day.
1: Yeah, and Neil Wagner. No, we we're probably foolish to think he didn't have one last final act, and and maybe there might be a few more chapters to follow. But an incredible servant to New Zealand cricket, you know, turned the you know turned the furnace on once again to. You know, to deliver the key blows because they were the key blows. The final wickets, obviously, going to be replayed over and over and over and over again in perpetuity. But Jacob, he gets rid of Ben Stokes and Joe Root, who are the heart of that batting lineup.
0: Yeah, and, and as I said before, I think that that partnership took it from New Zealand probably being favourites at around about drinks on the last morning to England are the favourites heading into what was the second session of the day. I mean, that partnership, I think it was about 120 worth, that partnership, just took it back to England. And you thought, yep, these two, you know, Root, he was like Kane, just played unbelievably well. And Stokes has a history of nailing down New Zealand, unfortunately. So um, I, I thought the game was pretty much, well, almost gone. And then you throw Wagner the ball. You set the field for the short stuff. You know what's coming. Everyone knew what was coming. And when you look at it in a vacuum, you sort of you think, oh well, that's what Neil Wagner's done in the past. He's got over 200 Test wickets, and he, you know, he's no mug. He's a good bowler. But then I think when you look at the last, the, the recent history, and and even in some quarters, Neil Wagner's position was being questioned, and you could almost argue, rightly so. And but then true champions always stand up when you're probably least expecting it, or their backs against the wall. And that there was just the perfect example of that. He came and he dismissed not just one, but both of those set batters. And uh, then proceeded to bowl another, what, eight or nine overs and a 10-over spell and get that last wicket. Truly amazing, you know, just at 36 years of age to do that, keep running in and hit the middle of the wicket. Um, Physically, and mentally, must be so tough on the guy.
1: Tim Southey, was he a bit of an unsung hero in that final innings? You know, 3 for 45 of 20.1 overs. I think he bowled 13 overs in the first session on that last day.
0: Yeah, look, I don't think New Zealand started started well on the, the night of the fourth day. And as I said, England got away. They lost one wicket, but um, Saudi picked up cruelly. But, you know, they were just short of 50. I think they were like 47, weren't they? Something like that, for, for one. Um, neither Henry or Southie or Braceville actually bowled that well on the fourth night. But then when Tim came back, both of them came back, Tim's first spell, I think, was about seven overs. He bowled brilliantly. And then when Henry went down with that back spasm and... Um, Tim just grabbed the ball back off him and, and continued on. I thought his accuracy was fantastic. The fields he set, the plans he had in place, you could see what he was trying to do to Root in particular, just hang it out wide at of the off stump, let Root try and run it down to third man, but he had catches there for that. I thought it was real cat and mouse stuff and the, the intricacies of Test cricket, which we love. But interesting, though, I was surprised he didn't come back on earlier, um, you know, towards the end there. But when he did, obviously, he got the big wicket of Ben Folk's. Um, yeah, So, I, uh, yeah, unsung probably because he doesn't get the highlights of, say, the Wagner or the Henry spell. Um, but, yeah, I mean, quality bowler. We know Tim has been around for so long now. He's the captain and led from the front. I'm
1: not trying to diminish what we've witnessed. It was truly extraordinary, and, and, and that game in and of itself, the twists and turns, how England played a wonderful role, um, how entertaining they were throughout the series how much better they looked uh, at times, but the, the fighting qualities of New Zealand can't really under, be underestimated. But life does go on, Jake. They've got another series starting, um, well, on Thursday, isn't it? It's on Thursday. They've underna- named yeah. an unchanged squad from from what I um, can remember. <laughs> you know, it's only a couple of days ago, but I yeah, not unchanged. But, yeah. but now, and now Gavin Larson has announced he's moved on. It, that, that sort of makes sense, doesn't it? He moves on. You don't make changes. You let the new selector sort of, put their fingers uh, all over the future? Or, or is there still a bit of a missed opportunity? Um, because, you know, age, age is a factor for so many fans when they're assessing the side.
0: Well, you're dead right. I mean, let, let's say the, the last day hadn't gone New Zealand's way. And, to, and I think if we're honest, I mean, England controlled that test, but that's the beauty of test cricket, is that you can be out of the game for 75% of it and you have a good last 25%, you, you win the match. And that's kind of how, I mean, New Zealand got asked to follow on. They were well behind the game for pretty much 75% of the game. But absolute kudos to them for fighting back the way they did and then knocking England over in the last innings. If it hadn't gone New Zealand's way, it's a real good discussion around would there have been changes or has basically 50, 60 overs of good cricket meant that it's the same squad going forward. Um, so it's, it's a really interesting one. I don't, I don't know if Gavin Larson leaving has anything to do with the, the same squad going on to face Sri Lanka I think that's right. just a, a fact that it's like hey you've just won the last test um, we're going to go ahead and, and keep you know investing in the same group of players I do see um, was it sodi Jamison who's obviously, obviously injured and someone else has been released oh Jacob Duffy but yes yeah I mean at some point I mean this side, I mean, that was it the Mount Montganui test or was it the Wellington test, everyone was over thirty years old. So this side is, you know, you know, for the time will will not stop. at some point they do need to look at the next wave of, you know, players coming through. One or two of them, uh, maybe three or four guys in the next one to two years need to be brought in so they can get that experience with the likes of Saudi and Williamson and Latham while they're still around and learn off them.
1: What areas? Give you the longest pause, I guess, when you're contemplating
0: the makeup of a side more longer term? Um, well, at the moment, um, I think spin bowling is probably one. I think I think Michael Bracewell is actually a quality all-rounder. His, his batting is, is awesome to have coming in at number eight. I think he was. Great set of hands. I mean, he got a couple of good catches. One stunning catch in the first innings, diving way to his left. Um, you know, good run out of Harry Brook on the last day. Um, and I think his bowling is actually really good. Joe Root talked to him, but apart from that, he was he was very handy. Bowled well in the first innings, picked up three wickets. But I still think it'd be nice to have that specialist spinner in behind him. I mean, East Sodi, Ajaz Patel were used in Pakistan, but both aren't in the squad now. Is that saying something? Yep, probably. So who's our next spinner coming through? I Also, you know, it looks like Tickner, Kugeline and Duffy in no particular order, and the next seamers. Again, I think all of them are over 30, or maybe Tickner's twenty nine. So that would concern me in terms of you know, attrition and, and really looking into the future. Um, I have no names for you. I can't say who would be next there. It's not my... I'm not a selector. It's not my job to think of the other, other names, but I just think somehow New like Zealand cricket, the high-performance network or programme, you know, and I'm sure they are. Well, I, I know they are, are looking for the next wave. I think the batting set, I still think, even though those guys are in their 30s, batters can keep going for a lot longer. Lake and Conway, Williamson, um, and the like, um, you know, they're probably there for hopefully at least another three or four years. You would think. Yeah, uh,
1: I'm not sure. I, I, I want to see an, another test match full of that drama and tenseness, Jacob. I I don't know about you. I aged quite a few days covering that. Um, you know, I'd I'd be quite happy with you know a comfortable innings victory against Sri Lanka, or um if it doesn't go our way, um I'd love Sri Lanka to uh, make sure they win both test matches. Um, make sure Australia carry on their fine efforts after the last test in India and get a win or a draw, and that means Sri Lanka would burgle a backdoor entry into the World Test Championship final against Australia. Wouldn't that be just magnificent at the expense of our dear friends from India?
0: I didn't know Sri Lanka actually that had done that well. To be fair, and, and <laughs> yeah. I hate to burst your bubble, but I don't see them. Um, no. I don't see the results <laughs> going those ways. Unfortunately, I mean, I would be surprised if New Zealand don't win the the, the series. Um, weather dependent, you know. Who knows what's happening with our weather around the country at the moment? But I, I would, especially when it's Christchurch, and we know Hagley's got pace and bounce, and if there's grass, which there will be, um, that would be very foreign to, to Sri Lanka. Um, I think New Zealand will be buoyed by what happened at the Basin, and um, they'll likely go on with the same, I would say, the same team. Um, and saudi will keep swinging it. Wagner will keep bouncing it, and Henry, with his accuracy and little seam movement, will be probably too hot to handle. I see it going that way, um, but it's, I think it's a really important series. It's almost a, a dead rubber for New Zealand in terms of the World Test Championship, but in terms of springboarding into the next phase of Test cricket, I think it's really important for a few of them. As we mentioned before, with some guys getting older and you know, a sliding doors moment, what would have happened if that last day hadn't gone New Zealand's way?
1: Yeah, absolutely well see, Jake. It was wonderful seeing you again, working with you again, and hopefully... We'll hear your voice on the show again uh, real soon, Jacob Warram. Thanks so much for dropping by and go enjoy your weekend.
0: Thanks, Ken. Back to the kids' cricket. Cheers, mate.
1: <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, man of uh, all levels as far as uh, cricket. He's uh, a fine crickety mind, as Jacob Warram, and uh, it was wonderful working alongside him. Really interesting to get his perspective.